cliffcentral.com. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to Dr. Hanan, who joins us now. Hey, Dr. Hanan, how are you? It's called It's Going to Be Okay, and it's what we do on a Monday morning with Dr. Hanan Bushkin. And um, it's good to see you. How have you been? Yeah, I've been busy. How, how, how have you been? Very good. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are, are taking quite a bit of strain. I can't believe it's you know a month and a half until the end of the year. And we've we've all had goals and ambitions and ideas for 2021. If you haven't put those into play now, it's too late. <laughs> there's no there's no yeah. time left. <laughs> yeah, people have resigned to the fact that it's the end of the year. They'll ach, they'll start again in January. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I got this email from Samantha. She said, "I love your show, especially like Dr. Hanan on Mondays. It inspired me to book an appointment to see him, but I could only get one in three months' time. That's of course because you're so busy. I um, decided to to see someone else in the meantime. And briefly, she says, my boyfriend has a brain tumor. The tumor isn't growing, but causes him to have seizures. We've been dating for a year, and I find it really difficult to find a balance in our relationship." when to cut him slack because he's not well, when to treat him like a boyfriend, friend, partner that he is, knowing when to put up with the boundaries, or put up the boundaries rather, is a really difficult thing when the other person is not well. He wants to be treated normally, but sometimes it's difficult when there is so little I can do to help the situation with his health. The little I can do to make his life easier is what I want to do. However, recently I feel that my cup is beginning to feel a little empty at times. I guess this is the balancing act that can be applied to any relationship, whether you're dealing with someone who is sick or not. Um, I'd like to uh, to know what Dr. Hanan thinks. So what do you think of that? Um, I always say that uh, to make a relationship work, there are a couple of fundamentals. Um, communication, compromise, trust, intimacy, attraction and common and shared values and um, and common and shared values mean we both want the same thing because if a person a wants a one night stand another person wants a long-term committed relationship well you're both gonna head the wrong way but we always start with two of them which is communication and compromise because the communication and compromise and by the way compromise means you know when i see a couple and the guy or the girl or one of them says it's my way or I'm out of here. That's when I put up my hands and I go, well, I cannot help you. Sure. Because to make any relationship work, you've got to massage yourself into each other. You've got to dance it out. And there's no such thing as, you know, people have this massive misconception about relationship, like a guy meets a girl, they connect happily ever after. It doesn't work this way you almost got to kind of wedge yourself within each other and fulfill each other's needs. And the only way to do that is to figure out what the other person wants and needs. And the, the reason why compromise is so important is because I'm prepared to put stuff on the table that perhaps is difficult for me. And I expect you to do the same and we communicate through it. So in a nutshell, that my answer to this individual is you always got to communicate in terms of what your expectations are and what the other person's expectations are in this relationship. The fact that there is a brain tumor and uh, I think she said seizures, um, well, that is an element that he brings onto the table, a restriction, a limitation, sometimes um, a, a consequence of what he's going through. And it is what it is. And you've got to work your way through it. 
But the only way to do it is through communication. What do you need from your partner? What does he need from you? You know, in psychology, we call this need bidding. In a relationship, if I, uh, we, we, we get along because we fulfill each other's needs. So that's how relationships connect. Mm-hmm. You fulfill my need, I fulfill your need, and that's how we connect. But needs are communicated kind of discreetly and indirectly. So if I turn to my wife tonight and I go, who had such a hard day today? What I'm in essence, I'm really saying is, babes, can you acknowledge my contribution to the family? And there's going to be one or two things that are going to happen at this point. She will either fulfill that need or she'll reject that need. Mm. If she fulfills that need, our relationship becomes stronger. If she rejects that need, then I go and bid somewhere else. And our relationship becomes weaker. My job in a relationship is to be very clear in terms of what I'm bidding for, because a lot of couples speak in generalities. I want love. I want attention. I want affection. I want respect. Mm. I want intimacy. And all those are airy fairy nonsense. It doesn't mean anything because love to me is very different love to you. Mm. Intimacy to me means something very different to what it would mean to you. So my job in a relationship is to speak in, in specifics in terms of what I'm needing. And my other job in a relationship is to make sure that I don't leave the conversation when I'm not sure about what my wife, my partner specifically wants. So if my wife says to me, I need more love, my answer would be absolutely, but what does it mean? Right. What does it mean to you? Boil it down to specific actionable things that I can and can't do. And a lot of people make the mistake of like, well, he should know. Well, she should know. Oh, yeah. Where from? Where from? This is insane. Where from? I don't, I don't have to tell it. I mean, this drives me crazy, Dr. Hanan. I see it with, with so many people, and, and I'm on the outside of these relationships, and I see a couple, and this is how they talk to each other, and I, I just want to exit stage left and not have anything to do with them again. They're not communicating properly because they don't even know what the basic definitions are. I mean, absolutely. How, right. how are you meant to pull this out of the sky? And it's usually, I hate to say it, and, and Leanne might give me some steam about this, but it's usually that the woman just expects the man to just interpret what she means. She, he must pick it up like out of the ether and just know that that's what she's looking for. She wants affirmation. She wants a hug. She wants him to do more work around the house. She wants him to help her with something. He must just figure this out out of nowhere. What the hell is that? So you know what happens a lot? Got your back. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. So you, so, so you know what happens a lot, though? Like when I encourage couples to actually talk specifics. So tell me, you say you want love. What yeah. does it mean to you? So tell me you want intimacy. What does it mean to you? So tell me you want respect. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Boil it down to specifics. You won't believe it, but about 50% of the time, they actually don't know. Yeah. They actually don't know what they want. Right. Because they'll go, I just want to feel differently. But when we try to boil it down to specifics, they're not actually sure, and we've got to just dig it out. Another mistake that couples make is they'll ask, okay, so let's just say the typical story, you know, the wife asks the husband, get me flowers every Friday night. And the husband gets her flowers, and the response is, well, you're only doing it because I asked you. Oh, God. And he's like, well, I mean, I don't do it. I don't win. I do it. I don't win. So what I'm asking of all couples, but specifically Samantha in this relationship, in this email, is communicate specifically what you actually want Mm -hmm. and ask your partner to specifically 
communicate what he wants and negotiate that. Be specific. Okay, Doc, I, I do want to move on to another thing because I know we've got limited time, but this is something that happened in the news last week that has got a lot of people very, very upset. Um, Lawrence Masinga is this uh, personal trainer, and he was uh, he was busy coaching a session live online, and um, he he was murdered during this live online training session, and and people were watching in horror. And this is just one example of so many things that happened in South Africa. I mean, my brother was at the traffic lights the other day, and and a guy pulled a gun on him, and demanded his cell phone. You know, this happens to we all have stories like this, war stories. Can you just give all of us? Those who are traumatized by witnessing this, those who are involved in a situation like this, give us some advice on how you can decompress after a thing like that, how you can manage the stress, what you can do to kind of get your life back on track. Because for many people, it sends them in very justifiably into very dark places. For sure. So I'll say on, on, the, on, on the macro we've got to just accept that the brain doesn't like things that it can't predict. It doesn't like things that it can't foresee. So when we witness, I mean, the people that have witnessed this live or us reading this, the brain goes, I don't like it. Mm. And it goes into a, a way of trying to figure things out and it can't. And trauma is what happens when the brain tries to make sense of something and it just can't. And what happens is the brain remains in what we call a limbo state and it spins and your body starts reacting. And the longer you are in a limbo state, the more anxious you become and the more traumatic it becomes for you. So my advice to everybody is to focus on things that you can control. Don't focus on things that you cannot control. You know, Gareth, you and I discussed this on your TV show, mm -hmm. um, the law of focused intent. And yeah. for those of you uh, who haven't heard that, I'm not a big believer of the law of attraction. I don't believe you attract things, but just by thinking about it, I believe that you action it. But the law of focus intent is as follows. If I ask you how many, uh, if you come to my office and I ask you how many red cars did you see on the road? Yeah. You will go, well, I can't think of any. But if I ask you to become aware of it before you got into your car on the way, you'd probably see 40. Mm. You didn't attract 40. 40 were always there, but the fact that you were focused and intentional about it, it came up to awareness. Whatever you focus on our intentional about was going to come up into consciousness. That's the way it works. You know, I do this trick with all my patients. I say to them, when was the last time you've seen a pink car? And they say, I've never seen the pink car. And I say to them, I bet you you'll see a pink car today. Just be aware of it. Hmm. And everybody sends me a photo an hour later. Oh, my God, there's a pink car. There's a pink car. <laughs> they think I'm a magician. I'm not a magician. I just know that when you look for it, you shall find it. And the answers that you get from life is dependent on the questions that you ask. If, if I wake up in the morning and I go, why does my life suck? Well, pick up on all the red cars. And if I go, why am I the luckiest person in the world? Well, I'll see all the blue trucks. Your intention and focus is what your brain is going to seek for and is going to find. My point in the story is reality is not what's in front of us. Reality is what we tend to focus and are intentional about because that's what we'll pick up. And yes, South Africa has got blue trucks and it's got red cars. And guess who else? What other country in the world has got blue trucks and red cars? Every country in the world. Right. Every country. And by the way, the fact that you are focused on the red cars doesn't mean that you got blue trucks don't exist. 
My point is just because you focus on things that you can't control, you're still acknowledging that there are problems, there are issues that I acknowledge are there, but there's nothing that I can that I can do about it. Or rather, focusing on it is going to break me down. So my advice to everybody, focus on cleaning up your own bedroom. Focus on things in your world that you can control. Focus on things in your world that add value to you. That's awesome. Good advice and something we can all learn from because this stuff happens. And, and some of it, as you say, is beyond our control. It's not predictable. And if you focus on that all the time, it's going to become your reality and you're going to start driving yourself crazy. So absolutely, I love it. Good, good, solid, practical advice, yeah. as always, from Dr. Hanan Bushkin. Good to see you. And we will nice catch, to see you guys. Yeah, we'll catch up with you in a week's time. See you then. Thanks, Doc.